Welcome, Nexus Church family online to our series we've entitled Win the Day. Now, this series is based off a very popular book by Mark Batterson by the same title. And really, it is our hope that we can use some of the tools he shared in his book on how you can live a victorious life. How do you get there? What does it mean? What does God have for you? It's my hope that over the course of these few weeks that we can examine that and help you to become all that God has for you. If you want more information about our church or would like to to come and visit us, you can go to nexuschurchmn.com and find all the information there. You can also Google search us, find us on Facebook at nexuschurchmn, and we would love to connect with you. Drop us a, a message, email us, and we will get back to you, and we will help you and encourage you as you walk with Jesus and connect to him and connect to others. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series, Win the Day. Now, over the course of this series, we're taking a look at exactly how it is to define a winning life. It's not so much about money or about success in the business world or at school and academics. It has all to do with inside of us, in our mind and in our hearts. And so today we are going to be looking at exactly... How to, how to be excellent. What does it look like to be excellent? In this world, we, we have a picture of what excellence looks like, and that's the, the perfect house and the perfect car and, and things just polished and dressed to the nines. But exactly that excellence. And what does it mean to exactly dream? And so today we want to take a look at how we can dream again, and do things to the best of our ability. And so the question I want to pose is, what does it mean to dream? Now, if you go back to when you were a kid, we all had dreams, right? These are pipe dreams of what we call them now. Like, they weren't realistic. Uh, I had mine. I'm sure you had yours. And, and mine had everything to do with racing. And, and I had three, like, really big dreams of how I was going to be the best uh, race car driver. Now, sometimes it, it floated between, you know, motocross, those dirt bike racers that, that go all over, do crazy stunts and things outside on their dirt bikes. And, and then when I would go to the dirt track race cars and, and I would see the late models and I would dream about being this, this late model driver that they go super fast and, and just fly around the track faster than anything possibly should go. And then, and then I was introduced to rally racing and if you are an adrenaline junkie like this this will hit you right where you could just get jacked up and so if you've never heard of rally racing before i I wanted to show you just a quick clip but 
of course, you're online, and so it wouldn't necessarily work because you're not watching this like other people will be in person. And so just picture it's just you and your car. Now, back when I was a kid, it was these Subaru WRXs. Like, these were the cars that were the car to beat. Now, they're not necessarily anymore. They have all sorts of different cars. But you're in this Subaru all-wheel drive, decked-out race car with the roll cage and all the, the aftermarket stuff on it to make it super fast and super uh, ability to, to go around those sharp corners and go over jumps and have great traction. It is just you, your co-pilot that tells you where to turn and how to do it, and the road. If you want to close your eyes and picture trees everywhere, mud everywhere, uh, if you were driving in the snow, they had snow, they had tar, they had everything you could possibly imagine, and you're going as fast as you can possibly see in front of you on a small, narrow road, trying to beat everybody else who's doing the same thing you're doing. That was my dream. It's not my dream anymore. The reality is, is that isn't something pretty much anybody will ever do. There is a small, small population of people who actually attain to that sport. And for you, it's probably the same thing. What you dreamt of when you were a kid was, was so far-fetched. One in one million people would ever possibly even have a chance of doing that, let alone actually becoming a successful person who would make a living off of doing that. And so we've stopped dreaming. But why is that? Why, why is it that we've stopped dreaming? Why is it that, that, that those, those passions and desires and, and that drive to, to do things that nobody else thinks possible, what, what happened inside of us? that we're not that way anymore. You see, those may have been unrealistic expectations or unrealistic dreams that we had of ourselves, that we could actually be somebody like that. But why did that stop us from dreaming? Why did that stop us from trying to do our best and become the best person that we knew we could be? What, what is it? Well, if you're like me... <laughs> is the reality that I'm not that great of a person. I, I don't stand above the rest of the crowd and say, look at me, I'm doing this better than anybody else. We're just normal people. And so we allow life to, to take that dreaming out of us, that desire to do the best we can, at whatever we put our hands to. We've allowed life to take it all away. You know, maybe you don't have time anymore to do those kinds of things, to dream, to try to, to excel at something that maybe that you, you have a passion for. It could be maybe you don't have the right resources, you don't have the money or, or the, the time or, or goodness, even the ability or know-how how to even begin that process, right? We all have reasons of, of why we've allowed those things that really excite us and, and get us to, to think outside the box, we all have reasons and excuses. But today I want to get us back into that mindset that dreaming is good. Wanting to do excellent at something, in fact, isn't just something that you can do. 
It's something that God requires of us. And so today, I want to begin this process of dreaming again by reading a passage out of the book of Colossians. This is Colossians 3, 22 through 25. Now, I would recommend writing this down and going back and maybe reading all of chapter 3. We read part of chapter 3 last week, and we'll read uh, the beginning part of it this week or a little earlier in the passage. And so, I'm reading from the message version. Now, I don't do this very often if you don't know the different varieties of Bibles there are out there. Uh, This one was written a little more recent, and it adds some maybe language to it that that we could relate to. And so I I really appreciated this message uh, translation of this section because I think it really, it hit home for me because at the core of who I am, I'm a dreamer. I love to to think outside the box. I love to think about all the things that God wants to do. I want to do great things. I want I want to do that and the adrenaline rush thing, right? Like but but so often I let the world around me tell me what I can and cannot do. I, I let my circumstances in life where I'm at and what I've uh, what I've experienced to hold me back. And I make excuses and, and this passage tells us that that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to press in and do everything excellently. So let's read what Paul says. He says, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do it with the minimum that will get you by, right? Like that throttling back, that that not trying hard enough. Do your best. Work from the heart, for your real master, God, is confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your full inheritance. He goes on and says, keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Hmm. I think Paul gives us a, a very, very explicit warning that what we do matters to God. What we do represents God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Well, what we do or don't do (laughs) matters. It reflects God to this world. Listen to, to Peter in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, but you are a chosen race. That's, that's you. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That, that's you. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You. You represent Jesus to this world. You represent the likeness of Jesus to this world. God sent Jesus to reflect his beauty, his glory. The earth can't can't handle how good the Father is, and so he sent a representative of himself in human form to reflect that. And now we 
Now that Jesus is back with the Father, interceding for us, speaking to the Father, shedding his blood over us so that we can be recognized by the Father as his Son, we are now that representation. And though we are flawed and though we continually mess up, we still reflect him. We, sh- we still show the world how good God can be through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And so we are called to excellence. We are called to do what we can to the best of our ability, not, not seeking perfection because that's God alone, but seeking to continue to get better so that we can reflect Him. And so we are called, you are called to reflect God. And what does this have to do with with dreaming and, and stepping into that world of excellence. Well, here's what we know. Right away in the book of Genesis, God is a visionary. Now, visionary and dreaming kind of go interchangeable, right, in the Bible. Like a dreamer isn't necessarily a visionary, but a visionary definitely dreams and sees things into existence, Right? comes up with an idea. I would call this an innovator. God is the best innovator ever. Why? Because he created nothing or created something out of nothing. He created the universe out of absolutely nothing. Read Genesis chapter 1, and we read of a God who is surrounded by nothing. Nothing but his presence. And out of that nothing, he created the universe. Everything we see had at one time its origins out of nothing. God created everything. And though he's given us the ability to to recreate things and kind of put things together that are in existence to create something new, uh, everything originated out of nothing, out of the innovation, out of the dream of God. He is the ultimate visionary. We represent him, and he calls us to represent him as a visionary. Listen to this, Hebrews 11.1. Now, this might seem a little bit off to you. You've heard this passage in a different context, but, but take a look at it through the eyes of an innovator, out of a dreamer, out of a visionary. Faith shows the reality of what we for what is a dream something that doesn't exist or maybe could exist but doesn't exist in your life faith is truly what a dreamer what a visionary what what an innovator has at the core of who they are they have faith that though it doesn't exist it can happen it goes on and says It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Going right back to creation. God had faith. As weird as this sounds, that that what he was about to create could happen, and he did it. We are called to have faith. It is who the people of God are. We are. Are visionaries. 
we see things that nobody else sees. It is the core of who we are. We take by faith that God is real. Now, he's given us evidences. He's given us clues in, in the creation and in history of, of who he is, but we take by faith that the word of God, the Bible, is exactly what it claims to be. That its truth claims are, in fact, truth. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are, by definition, a dreamer, a visionary, an innovator. A few other passages that you can take a look at later and read for yourself. Proverbs 28, 19, a very popular passage you may have heard. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. There's other varieties of it you may know. But that, that, that prophetic vision, that's a dreamer, that's a visionary, that's an innovator, that person who, who sees something that isn't there and believes it. And when we don't have that, we have chaos in a sense. We have to have vision in order to go someplace. Or we'll just keep going back through the motions of where we're at. We need somebody to lead the way, and that needs to be you and I. We are that person. We can dream again. Another passage for you to write down. That is actually restated again in the book of Acts by Peter himself. But this passage in particular says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Speaking of another time, right? Seen into the future. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. That is us today. That was speaking of us today. We have been given the gift of being a dreamer, of being a visionary, of being an innovator. I believe you have the gift given by God to lead the way in all innovations, whether it's in the arts, whether it's in the sciences, wherever it might be. We have been given that gift. That has been instilled in us by God. So dream again. Rise to the top and be excellent at what you do. Press in. Go for that next step. And so we have that in us. But if you're like me and maybe you've been stepped on a few times and life has proven to you that you're not that good, and it takes a little bit more effort for you to make dreams a reality. Where, where do we go? What do we do to begin this process? I'm going to be very basic today. And I'm just going to give you a few thoughts. I believe the first thing you need to do is start small. Start somewhere. Start small. Do the little things that you know you can do. Now, there's a, a famous speech given, and maybe you've heard this before, but it was given from a, a general, right? General McRaven is his name. And he gave this to a bunch of graduating students from the Navy, and, and he's given this in other avenues as well, in different ways. But I just wanted to share it. It's a very quick 30-second clip that that I think would encourage you and maybe 
bring some humor to this topic. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made. <laughs> Funny way to end it, but the one thought that was in there that I really liked was on the screen, if you can't do little things right, you'll never do the big things right. You see, we sometimes in America have this, this idea that, that everything should come immediately. And I think we've bought into the lie maybe because of media and movies and, and so many different avenues telling you that success can happen overnight. But I'm telling you, you don't lose weight or build muscle in one week. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a good diet. It takes good sleep. It takes consistency in the gym for you to succeed. And in your personal life, if you want to do those excellent things, if you want to see dreams actually come to fruition, you have to start somewhere. And starting small is the key. Mark Batterson, in the book that we're tagging the series off of, says, how you do anything is how you'll do anything. <laughs> or as Paul put it in our passage today, what we do represents Jesus. And so that begins with the small things. It begins with, with taking your life where you're at and sowing the seeds when it may not seem all that significant. Right? Jesus talks about, about the gifts that were given to the servants and some were given a little, some were given a little bit more and some were given a lot more. And when he comes back, it wasn't about the amount that was necessarily given. It was about what was returned to him. And it was rewarded to those who gave the most back. Right? Who put in the most effort? That's what mattered. And that's what Jesus is looking for. What are you giving? What are you sacrificing? What, what are you trying to bring to his feet? He knows what you are giving. It's not about what your neighbor did or anybody else. It's about how much did you put into it. So start small. Start small. Great things are birthed out of excelling at the little things. You want to dream. Start small. But there's something else that we know about dreams and about doing things excellent and going beyond anybody else. And that is dreams, doing things well, require risk and potential failure. Why do so many people lack 
fulfilling those dreams or doing good big things for God, right? What, what, what separates those, those true innovators in this world, you know, like the Thomas Edisons or the Benjamin Franklins? Why are they so well-known? Because if you truly knew who they were, they're ordinary guys, right? I mean, those who are closest to them knew that they failed way more than they ever excelled, right? Like, like they are known for some pretty cool things, but if you were to know what they failed at, you'd be like, wow, those guys are kind of lame. But we know them because they took risks. And they failed, but they didn't stay down. They didn't let their risks keep them from trying. Or their failures, for that matter. They got back up and they tried again. Now, McGraven would later say in his speech that those who rise to do great things risked everything. And so here's, here's something that I think everybody would agree about today. Wherever you're at, whatever your life situation is, nobody likes to fail. Nobody. But it's how you respond that matters. It's your mindset. You can either look at failure as you are a failure and you are no good and you can give up or you can look at it as an opportunity to try something new, to learn from it, to, to put something in that toolbox for later to help you in becoming what you are called to become by God. It's an opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity. And so a couple of truths that we know about risks and failures is one, growth is birthed out of failure. Every single person you talk to, they can, they can point to, and I'm, I'm as equally committed to this as anybody else, I have grown more in seasons of failure than any other time. It, it, there's something about pain points that does really helps you to, to learn the hard way, Right? But number two, here's also something. Risks proceed exponential growth. There's something about risks that open the door to this, this world of the unknown. There, there's something about it that creates momentum, that creates that, that sense of, I need to try this. I need to try that. I know I could risk everything here and lose everything, but there's something to be grown out of that. It fuels you to dream, to continue pressing into those areas that, that you probably wouldn't if you didn't take that risk kind of puts on what we, what we call in, in, in our workout world that, that fight. You see, when we get to that point where we're at a risk and we know we can fail, you either go into fight mode or you go into flight mode. And when we go into that fight mode, sure, we could have a massive fallout from that. But that gives us an opportunity to grow and learn. But if all we do in that time of that, that potential risk of failure, if we step back, what happens? You stay right where you are, and you learn nothing from it. 
Now, I'm not saying that all things are, are, are a good thing to pound through without thinking about it. You need to, to spend that time to process it because you never know when you make that decision that does set you back for quite a season. So you must not just jump blindly into every risk. You take the time, process it, and then make that decision. Risks are good if thought through. Failures are good if we take it as an opportunity to grow and learn. And so if we want to dream again, we need to start. We need to do the little things well so that we can get to those excellent things, those things that are beyond our imagination. And we need to take those risks and and learn from the failures. And then lastly, we need to not give up. You see, being on the cutting edge and, and dreaming and getting out there on those places that you've never been before, it is extremely risky, and it can set you back. And sometimes it takes you a long time to get back to where you were when you do fail, but you cannot give up. If God has given you a dream, it's been there for a reason, right? God just doesn't give you a dream to beat you up or to make you fail. He gives it for a reason. So don't give up on it. Don't give up on what God has given you. It is for your good. And listen, your breakthrough may be just on this other side of the next risk you take, of the next failure you, you commit. It might be on that next page that you turn. You don't know when your success will come, when your dream will come true, where you all of a sudden have that breakthrough and you are now successful and excellent at what you do. And we, we see countless stories in the Bible of this. One of the most popular ones, of course, is the city of Jericho that, that Israel was marching around, right? And God told them to march around it seven days. And so they did. For six days in a row, they would march around it and nothing happened. Can you put yourself in that shoes? God has, has given them the dream of conquering the city. And they go around it every day for six days, almost one full week. And every day, what are they? Just imagine, right? If you were the enemy, if you were the people in the city of Jericho, what would you be doing to those people who are marching around your city? Just, just walking around. I mean, you'd be ridiculing them. Like, what are you doing? Mocking them, maybe throwing things at them. Right? Like, what in the world are you doing around our city? Are you idiots? Go back home. Get out of here. You guys stink. Go take a shower. Go get out of our area. God gave them a promise, and they continued. But what if they were to stop on day six and said, There's been nothing. Like, if God is going to tear the city down, by now he should have done something. But there's nothing happened. In fact, they keep ridiculing us. Like, we're going back to the the wilderness. At least there's manna there. There's no manna here even. Like, we're, we're in the middle of the enemy territory. What God promised that we had to spend 40 years in the desert waiting for. And now here we are marching around the city and nothing's happening. We're going back. They would have been one, maybe two days away from their breakthrough. You 
might be one risk, one failure away from what God gave you as a dream. And maybe, maybe the dream he gave you has been adjusted. Maybe what you thought the dream was isn't exactly what God wanted you to have. Maybe that whole dream was a process for you to become who you're becoming, and your dream all of a sudden gets adjusted to what God wants. He has some big plan for you. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Even if he adjusts that dream a little bit to match up with what his intentions are, for you to become like his son. That's his ultimate intentions for you. Don't give up. Don't stop. Well, Mark Batterson ends it this way. He says, keep doing the natural, and the super will happen sooner or later. <laughs> if you do the little things like they're big things, God will do the big things like they're little things. Remember the passage from last week, if you were with us, go back and listen to it. I ended with Joshua 3.5, and I think it's a good way to end today as well. Because again, it goes right along with what we just talked about with Jericho, right? Like, God promised this promised land to the Israelites. They didn't take him up on it. And so they had to sit on that dream for 40 years while everybody died off, except for who? Caleb and Joshua. And as they're about to enter into the promised land, God looks at them and says this, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. They waited 40 years for this dream to come true. God promised Joshua and Caleb, you two will be the only ones to enter the promised land. But this rest of these people, they need to pass away before we enter in. These guys had to be well into their 80s, 90s, maybe over 100. They had to wait that long to enter the promised land. And what does God tell them? Purify yourself. Do what you are called to do. Go right back to where we started in our passage today. Go back to doing the little things well. If you want to do big things for God and dream again and be that innovator, be that exceller, be that, that, that one that, that steps up and leads the way, even if that's not your passion, right? Even if you just want to, to do what God has called you to do and that dream for you is just to, 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 to be a, a mom or to be a dad and to create a legacy for the next generation, man, that to me is a big dream that God wants you to excel at. As you enter into that promised land and you create that legacy for whoever you're raising up or whatever you are called to do, whatever that dream is, Get back to the basics and do what you are called to do because God will do wonders among you. That is my prayer for you today, that you will just get back to doing what you know you can do and take one step at a time, not giving up, 
not giving up. And so, Father, I pray for your people today, God, that they, that they will dream again, that they will believe that they can do great things for you, no matter if it's a big thing or a little thing, God. That dream that you have for them is a beautiful thing. And I pray that they will see it again, that they will believe it again, that they'll step up and they'll do what they're called to do well, with excellence, representing the Father to this world. Lord Jesus, I know that there are many hurting and beat up. This world has done so much to us in the last few years. But God, we can dream again. We can believe again. Why? Because you are on the throne and you are the greatest innovator of all and you've called us to represent you to this world. You are good and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, Nexus Church Online. We'll see you again soon.